0: So the other day, I was having a conversation about um, like some like life-changing events and, and impacts uh, impact that other people have made in um, in our lives, and it it it, it it's something that's actually I've been thinking about a lot, especially with the last few recent episodes I've done um, in the past like week or two. Um, it made me realize that. Like the way we're brought up by our parents is uh, huge. It's, it's a lot more impactful than we think. And then also it's something we consider when we also become parents. And if we never do, let's say we grow up without having kids, we still, regardless, if we don't get to raise our own kids, we still are impacted in a way that left such a mark on us from when we were younger that we can be 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s and remember specific milestone, monumental moments from growing up. And we don't always have that grand revelation of that impact until, you know, sometimes decades later. And so what got me thinking about this is, um, you know, my, my parents divorce, which I know I've talked about a lot. And that was absolutely a very impactful moment for me. Um, also, like, a, a, I mean, when I say monumental and milestone, you usually think of something positive. But I guess what I'm really getting at is is the impact. You know, the impact behind of that event. And so, even though they divorced, and I have a great relationship with my parents today, that did something. Obviously, did a lot more than just one thing. It did. It did a lot to me. But I met other people that kind of fulfilled those roles of like another mom or another dad in my life and that that has continued now now that I'm older you know I don't latch on to just anybody who's like 20 plus years older than me and like oh you're you're like my mom you're like my dad but at the same time when someone is close to my parents age I can't help but like I have there's something in me that, that um the way I treat my parents is kinda how I will treat someone that's in close to their age. For an example, if I run into someone that's in their uh you know, late fifties, early sixties, I can't help but feel to express uh some form of concern if I feel like they're not taking care of themselves. Like if they if I feel like they're they're eating incredibly unhealthy or they um they just don't care like they don't care about what happens to their body or they don't they they or they try to do like these things that maybe someone younger should be doing and what i'm getting at is like lifting heavy objects or you know trying to take on things and I, i'm not trying to say they're like incredibly old and brittle and they can't do anything i'm not that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is that if i see my dad doing something part of me is like oh, dad don't worry about it. i'll get it and he's not even that old, but there's something in me that's like, no, 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 you know, let me do it. You sh- you chill out, you know, you just sit back and I don't want you to sweat. And I kind of feel like that for other people. And that's that's just because as I've gotten older, that's something that's been put into me that I don't want them to to be all like out of breath and, and sweaty and, and beat up. You know, it's like, no, I'll, I'll do it. You don't have to worry about it. And of course... It's because in the back of my head is like, I really hope someone does this for me when I'm older. <laughs> like as I, as I've gotten older, I'm not, I'm not super old, but still, even just in my thirties, I look at these, uh, younger people and their late teens, you know, to, uh, like the higher teens to mid, uh, early twenties. And I can't help but think like, Hey, you're going to help me out. If I'm doing something, you're going to, you're going to jump in and help me out. What I'm referring to is like when I'm doing something for ministry or like, uh, lifting heavy objects or whatever it might be, you know, I'm, I'm like, yeah, you know, you're you're around, you're going to get off your butt and you're going to do something. But I wouldn't expect that from somebody who's older. You know, again, it's like, and so anyway, kind of going back to what I was referring to with impact, um, I do feel like when we're growing up, what could just be regular, normal, everyday life for us, when we start to run into other people and find out what is normal for them might be incredibly weird for us. Like, I'm trying to think what could be a good example of this. Um, Perhaps you're listening and you have all kinds of examples you can think of, but I'm struggling to think of one right now. But I know there's like certain things that maybe you and your family did growing up and then you found someone, like a friend of yours, and they came over and they saw you doing it like it's normal and they're looking at you like, what in the world, why does your family do that? Like... And it's not always, like, cultural or traditional. Sometimes it's just, like, you just kind of just started doing this, you know. Um, I guess one thing I can I can think of is um, now, of course, my Christian friends understand this. But not everybody would understand that when we sit down to eat, me and, and my family, I pray over the food, you know. And I, it's, like, a real quick thing. You know, I don't spend, like, five minutes praying. But I, I just do, like, a quick, you know, thank God for the food and the food. I usually will say, like, thank you for our family or our household, and I'll pray for our family, and then I ask for God to bless the food, you know, something along those lines. And, um, it's real normal for us, but it could be for other people looking at that, like, I don't do that. I don't, some, not everyone says grace. Now, again, like, if you're Christian, that's like, it's kind of, like it just comes with the package, it's something you do. But, um,. I know for my kids, like, they they know that. Now, here's the thing. They go to school, and they went to public school for a while, which I know for a fact. They ran into other kids who did not pray over their food, and I know something in them questioned it. I know this because they even brought it up to me, like, you know, we went to go eat, and nobody prayed over their food. I was like, well, yeah, that's something that we do. Like, not just our family, though. They go to fellowships. They go to... To get together's with other Christians and one, and they they understand we're gonna pray over the food, but not everyone does that, and they had to run into that and have that on their own. That's like oh snap, like not everyone does this. And um, I recently had talked about a run in with a bully who bullied me, and then I tried to bully back, and we ended up becoming best friends. And the major impact in that scenario was. Um my friend's mom who very much i looked at like a second mom for years and she made a huge impact huge huge impact on my life because of how she did things and we would love hanging out at each other's houses because the way my parents did stuff versus the way his mom did things like was like wow this is this is very different you know um and another big thing to point out is um you know, we're, we're Mexican or Hispanic or whatever the heck you want to call it nowadays. I don't know. There's, uh, there's all kinds of politically correct terms on how to use these, but, um, (laughs) you know, how to, how to label your race, which is so ridiculous. But anyway, growing up for me, I had no problem just saying that, yeah, we're Mexican or Hispanic, whatever. And it wasn't a big deal. And so, uh, my friend, he's black and not only black but they also were completely different religion and everything and I I was like very like I saw all of that right in front of me like I saw how they lived their life I saw how they they treated their like they had a culture you know and they had traditions they followed stuff that I never did and I mean I got to see it right then and you know part of me wanted to be a part of it you know not just because it's like well I mean you're doing it I want to do it you know and um and then you know vice versa like they started to learn what we do as a uh, hispanic culture i suppose which because i i grew up with it I, I i hate to say this but i don't have anything that's like oh yeah like i'm so you know L- latino culture i have all these things that i love about my culture or race or whatever Nah, not really. I don't I don't have anything that stands out, you know. I mean, I wasn't I'm not from Mexico, so I don't know like deep Mexican root cultures, you know. I I know South Texas uh Tex-Mex, not fully authentic cultural traditions, you know. Like the people who talk about fiesta and nausea here are mostly white. It's not it's not Mexican people, you know. So I don't, I don't share like the deep roots of, of culture. Maybe I'm deprived of that, but you know, the, like when I think of Hispanic culture, I have to say I'm, I'm, it's, and you know, I, I, I forgive me if I, I, sound warped, but like when I hear Hispanic culture, I immediately think of like really big families, and uh, chamoy and Lucas and like, you know, really sour tasting uh, candies, Mexican candies. Cause that was normal for me growing up. Like when we went to Mexico, it was to get Mexican candy. I knew that like that, that as a little kid, I, I have memories of literally crossing the border into Mexico and buying Mexican candy. Um, so I'm not just saying that to try to be funny. Like it's le- very legitimate memory of mine. Like that was the impact that I remember from. For, for, you know, Mexican culture, quote-unquote And then, you know, I never got into, like, Day of the Dead And even Cinco de Mayo Like, I didn't get into that stuff, you know Like, our family didn't really, like, embrace that And um, I'm okay with that, to be honest, you know Like, I don't feel like I missed out on anything Because I see that stuff today And I don't, I I genuinely don't really have an interest And, And, you know, I could be offending all kinds of people when I say that But I'm just being honest, you know so anyway um as i grew up and started to get closer to other people and see like how they did things and it's interesting how much of an impact seeing how some other people did stuff would impact how i do things now as an adult and um because as an adult you can make your own decisions in fact Many times if I'm ever in a debate or argument or if I'm asked my opinion about other people's choices Almost like nine out of ten times you will hear me say the phrase Well, you're an adult so you just do whatever you want Because part of me is like I can't tell you how to live your life You know, even if you're not my kid, I can't really like tell you How you should be living your life now I can suggest and give opinions and give advice or whatever and hope it sticks and helps you out. But for adults, it's kind of like you, you got to find you. You got to find yourself and make your own choice and make your own decisions in life. And if you are a young adult, which realistically adulthood, at least mentality wise, should start taking place around 16 or 17 years of age. As young as that, you should start realizing you got to start making decisions for yourself, And it's going to be the impact that was made by people who raised you, not just your parents. It could be your grandparents. It could be teachers that stood out. It could be uh, preachers. It could be, um, it could even go. This is sad and tragic, but it could even be social media. It could be whatever you allowed yourself to completely give yourself to that made impact to you and then decades later you are you are i mean think about this we now have parents today you know that are they they want to be cool and unfortunately back in like let's go a few decades ago to be cool a cool parent a few decades ago was to like you know let your kids stay out a little later how edgy you know how edgy of you and how cool of you <laughs> like to allow your kids to hang out with their friends and and, you know, kind of, like, support some of their decisions. But today, the cool uh, parent is, like, accepting tattoos and accepting piercings and accepting, like, these strange, strange things that I I don't feel fully comfortable talking about. But, I mean, and then, you know, this is, this. I feel like I shouldn't even bring it up. I almost feel like it's going to, like, kind of, I don't know. I don't know how to say it. I don't know how real I want to be, but... Um, I feel like it's going to put a damper on the whole episode. But I mean, parents like they're pushing their kids to make such intense decisions as children. And yeah, I'm, I'm talking about like gender and like stuff that kids should not be thinking about, you know. And it's sad, man. It's sad because that is the kind of stuff that will impact kids for the rest of their life. Oh man, it's it's very scary and sad. So I I do take that kind of stuff serious. So when I think of my kids, it's like, yeah, man, I'm going to I'm going to let them come to me for one when they get curious about stuff and I want them to understand that we can talk about it and and you know, not something I'm going to be upset with them and be like, "What? Who told you that? How why are you asking me that?" You know, cuz they don't know any better. They're learning for the first time. It makes no sense for me to like get mad at them and be like how dare you bring that into my household asking those curious questions you're a robot you should only think one way and if you think any other way what's wrong with you and i can't believe that and then discipline them and then they're scarred for life and then they reach adulthood and they remember that it stays it stands out to them like, oh my dad never talked to me about that stuff because he said it's wrong and i shouldn't be thinking about it and now they're an adult it's like well you know what i ain't gonna think about it and then that inner rebellion like we all have all of a sudden is like I'm not just gonna think about it I'm gonna embrace it I'm gonna in fact I'm gonna go right for whatever this stuff he said was bad you know that's not what I want for my kids and so um I'd much rather them be curious and ask me questions and even if it is the hard stuff uh you know the innocent hard stuff is like where do babies come from and um why do mommy and daddy kiss so much and I don't know stuff like that but then there's other stuff that's like, ew, it's uncomfortable, and it's uncomfortable because of sin in the world, you know. And like, when uh, they make, so like, I've had this where my kids will make an obvious statement like, "Well, boys should only dress like boys and not like girls," and what they're referring to is men who dress like women, you know, and because that that's a real thing today. And the the idea is like, hey, it's 2022, just be accepting. And um, at some extent, that's how it starts. And then to, there, there should be a line drawn somewhere that's like, no, no, no. I don't, I don't know if we need to accept every little thing under the sun. You know, maybe there should be some judgment calls here. Maybe we should, you know, I don't know, maybe embrace morality a little bit and talk about what's right and wrong. You know, and, and no one wants to do that stuff. I know you guys have heard me say it in different episodes before. But uh, kids will have this and this is like, it's going to impact them for a long time. And there's uh, there's now teenagers and adults that are disgusted, absolutely disgusted when someone has an opinion other than their own. And that is taught to children. That's taught. That is not something they just catch. It is taught to them. Social media teaches that. And then I'm going to say this. Pretty bluntly, bad parents teach that. Bad parents teach that you're supposed to get disgusted and absolutely abrasive just just you know, absolutely like outraged, you know. Now I I get vexed like anyone else, you know, um, who's trying to do what's right and someone steps in and says, How about we just do what's wrong all the time and uncare not care about what's right? I get upset like anybody else does and i have to make stands for my my family the way i need to but get this because of the stuff i went through growing up it impacted me enough to know blowing up doesn't always win you know causing like getting getting explosive and and, and yelling at the top of your lungs and saying no you're wrong i'm right that doesn't always win in fact more often than not that's how it the, an argument is approached it's it's brought to you in that, that manner of what I say is right and whatever you say is wrong. And I know, I get it. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. I read the gospel and I read the Bible. And I know that people on the other side will look at that and be like, Well, that's what Christians do. And it's unfortunate that Christians have that title. Um, it's unfortunate that I can agree with a lot of people that say, You're right. A lot of Christians do flip out. And their only real way to, to make a stand is to just get loud and, and say no. And it's because, you know, from their perspective, or from our perspective, the truth is all other people do do they do that to us. They get real loud and in our face and say, get out of my face, you know. And um, I believe in street preaching. I think it does make a, a good impact. I think it's, it's good to make... Uh, A stand as heavy as that because it's not just about making a stand and confrontation with people It's about making a stand in my in your own life as a street preacher What you're really doing isn't necessarily You know telling people how to live their life as a street preacher What you're really doing is you're saying I am going to be bold enough To speak what is right and show what I believe in. In other words, I'm going to start building roots in what I believe. And this is how I do it. Because if you don't ever speak out loud about what you believe in, do you really believe in it? Or are you just following what's around you? And that is something that was impacted into me at a young age. Because I started going to church when I was 16. And so, because of that, I have something in me that says, no, no, I want to show... That I'm serious about what I believe in, and I know there's certain ways that how to express that, and one of them is street preaching, you know, or or not being afraid to make a stand and say, hey, that's wrong, and uh, I happen to know that's wrong because this is right, and it goes further than that, you know, having the tact and the know-how and the ability to read a room and read emotions and know. How to approach a situation properly And it takes, takes Some patience It takes some practice And it takes a lot of prayer And um, You know I really feel like For me I have seen people blow up I have seen explosive uh, Personalities I have seen um, I've seen some bad stuff You know And because of that It's like you know It doesn't have to be like that All the time not everybody has seen that. Not everybody has seen you know how things can go from from okay to horrific or tragic in in a matter of seconds. And because of that, some people are totally okay with just causing a scene assuming that they're in control of the situation when truthfully things can absolutely blow up. And like I said, I I it's about impactful moments through life that teach you this stuff you can't just teach this stuff through a book or a podcast or reading about it or sometimes you have to experience it to really understand whoa this is how you know this is how things can turn out if we're not careful so something to ponder about i mean um the bible has many stories in fact i feel like the more i do this the more i end up just referring to like how about you just read the bible (laughs) because Because it's true, it's true. The Bible has a lot. Well, not a lot. It has everything. It has all the information that we all want and need. But not everybody wants to read it because they were told by someone else that it's full of genocide and it's it's horrific and blah blah blah. It's full of sin, is what the Bible. That's what it is. The Bible is very real about the impact of sin on a broken world. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely true. There is genocide in the Bible because of sin. There is uh, very tragic, foul, disgusting stories in the Bible because of people. Because the Bible is very real about people and the impact they have made over the past few centuries. Um, and that's that's in there. It's all in there. It's it doesn't hide. It doesn't try to say, um, you know. Oh, and then this happened. It was no big deal. They like, no. It, it it has the gritty details. You know. There's a lot of death in the Bible. There's and it's not just about fear tactics. It's just simply telling a story, and it it, it discusses the impact of bad decisions. So anyway, um, for me, I I. I have many, many moments in my life where I feel like I have been impacted in a good way and in a bad way. Ooh, did you hear that? I hope that made the recording. That like lightning and thunder struck right when I said a bad way. That was amazing. Anyway, hopefully I didn't kill that moment. But <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's it's. I know what it's like to go through go through life when it feels like everything's great, and then go through life when everything's falling apart. And I have a prayer life. I have a Bible I can read and a God I can trust that helps me get through life when I'm hit with things that I'm not fully, you know, understanding of or have no control over. Not everyone has that. And I pray for you. You know, I pray for people to read, to to not be afraid to open the Bible up and actually read what it says instead of listening to some kid talk about how, you know, horrible the bible is and and here's a big one how uh how much it contradicts itself you know people who say that for one don't know what they're talking about because they're not reading it and then secondly it's like opening a book going to page five and then going to page 25 grabbing a sentence that sounds like they intersect with each other and be like man and page five it said this and then in page 25 it said the exact opposite can you believe that this book my gosh What was the writer thinking? He just, you know, he can't make up his mind. And that's what happens when people talk about it. And then when you get people that say they read all of it. Well, here's another one. I've said this many times and I'll finish with this one. If you're not trying to live for God, you're not going to understand the Bible. So if you're reading the Bible without living for God, bits and pieces will jump out at you. But it's like getting pieces of a puzzle that you can't fit together. Because you don't have all the puzzle pieces. And if you want to open the box with all the puzzle pieces, you got to start trying to get it all together. And what I'm getting at is if you're trying to live for God, as you read the Bible, it'll be a lot more than just little pieces jumping out at you. It'll be direct revelation that's helping you out with all of the different impacts of life that have happened over time. Anyway... That was my thought for today. So, I'm getting rained on, so I need to get out of here. But